Hello and welcome to the Man on Podcast. I am Darren and joining me as always is Martin and Craig. Sorry we are late. How are you chaps? All right. Are we actually going this time? <laughs> I'm not going to hold my breath, but by the looks of things, we are currently live and I've got no frame rate drops or any issues. Um, I'm not sure it was me anyway. No, it just told me a drop. We've got drop frame rate, but it still says we're connected. We're going to carry on regardless until it tells me we're disconnected. Um, ignore it. How are you? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay, mate. <laughs> Let's crack on. Shall yeah. we crack on? <laughs> I don't know. It's it's recording anyway. We can upload it. Whatever. Um, Liverpool Everton to start us off with Saturday uh, Saturday's twelve thirty kickoff. I believe. Yeah, that's yeah. right. This is our FPL game week nine preview, by the way, everybody. Send it on the front screen. It's fine. Can you guys not see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. Yeah, All good. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, sorry, some technical difficulties, but we're away now. Um, first fixture up is um, Liverpool versus Everton. So um, what I've got on the screen here is um, Luis Diaz, Darwin Nunes, Alexis McAllister. They are the three players sort of in doubt for the game at the weekend due to international duty. Um, and you can see what they're up to there. So we've got Luis Diaz is playing in Ecuador at 12.30am on Wednesday. So that's Tuesday night slash Wednesday morning. If you take it in a literal sense, it is Wednesday. Um, Darwin Nunes is at 1am. He's in Uruguay. And Alexis McAllister is at 3am on Wednesday in Peru. Um, so we've got, we've got uh, you know, history tells us that um, Klopp's got form for not picking players when in this kind of position. Um, and then on the, on the right-hand side, this is the predicted lineup from the Liverpool Echo. So... Don't don't ask me if how good their, their predicted lineups are in terms of reliability, but um, yeah, it's just it, it it was as good it was as good as one to pick as any because the general consensus is, I think that these these three players um, are unlikely to to feature, so just something to be aware of there. So that so the lineup the predicted lineup that was in the Liverpool Echo yesterday is Allison in goal, Trent Alexander Arnold, Matip Van Dijk, Simakas in for the injured Rob Robertson who got injured on Scotland duty. Um, so Bosley, Endo, and uh, Gravenberch, Stalla, Jota, and Gakpo in attack. So um, yeah, it's quite you know quite quite a big impact, isn't it? No Diaz, no Nunes, no McAllister. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if you're still looking for a a punt up front, Craig. But does does Diego Jota come into the field? Maybe. Uh, well, I've got two free transfers the week before our wild card. So, yeah, I've got two one-week yeah. punts. Liverpool are my preferred team. I've got a couple of options. Uh, Trent is on my radar. I can do that with, with one of my moves. I've got a Stupinem that I still want to sell. So I could upgrade a Stupinem to Trent, play him in my back three. And then my second transfer is downgrading someone basically to to fund it. And that's feasible for me. I can do that. The cells, for example, is like 3.9 at Newcastle. will probably play again if Botman's not back. So I can do that. But obviously more exciting punt is in attacking positions. My To be fair, my front eight is actually not bad this week. So dropping one doesn't really make a lot of sense. But you could argue I've got Moussa Diaby, for example, from Villa home to West Ham. We're not completely sure on his fitness yet. He was sort of walking wounded before the international break. So I could sell him for someone with more upside. So, um, yeah, Foden's in the mix this week or Doku or someone from Man City against Brighton or someone from this game. 
And I do quite like Jota. I think most most of us, I think, would definitely own Jota and think he's underpriced if his minutes could be guaranteed. And the issue with him is normally that his minutes aren't guaranteed. But as a as a one week pump with a good fixture, where his two main rivals for his position look damaged, shall we say, by by the travel arrangement, uh, is there a better is there a better time to take a one week punt on him? It feels it feels viable, right? He's a midfielder, isn't yeah. he? FP, but it feels it feels viable. Definitely, I'd I'd love to I'd love to be able to pick him this week, but won't work for me. But with you on wildcard next week, I think it's a really good option. And anybody else that's in that boat for sure. Do, do we um, think? Are we sure these three aren't playing? Because <laughs> I know they're halfway around the world, and it's Wednesday. They they're going to be back in Liverpool by Thursday. You would you'd imagine they'll finish the game pretty much make their way straight to the airport and be on the flight back. I can't be an expert in South American flight times, but it's going to be, what, 14 hours or something, is it? Don't tell yourself, um, sure. <laughs> yeah. When are they going to be back by? Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening? Yeah, is it's a day and a half not enough time to sort themselves out? Um, well, it's, it's body clock though, isn't it? So if you take if you take Alexis McAllister, for example, he's kicking off at 3am on, on Wednesday. So when's he going to go to bed? Like, Wednesday lunchtime, UK time. Mm. Um, if I, if England were playing away to Peru on Wednesday, Mikel Arteta would still pick Mikel Saka for a twelve thirty kickoff on a Saturday. Well, I mean, it's an anomaly. Oh, I don't, I don't doubt it. But as I said, Klopp's got form, especially when they've got a lunchtime kickoff. Klopp's got form for not picking players that are in that have been in this position. So it's not the first time that he's had, uh, you know, these guys or or South Americans in general. Um, you know, going away on it in the national duty, and he, th- there is a bit of a precedent for him not picking players that are in this kind of position. Um, as I say, the the local, I say I found this lineup on the, the Liverpool Echo, but you know, when I was looking for a predicted lineup for Liverpool, um, there were you know basically all the sources were leaving these guys out. Jota's in general, I think, an interesting one for Liverpool now with Simicast back in the team, without going overly tactical here, but. Robertson has been playing a more restrained role um, this season. As Liverpool have sort of changed their formation a little bit from having both flying fullbacks like they did in the past. But I can't imagine Simakas sort of replicating that Robertson role. He's not as good a def- as a defender as Robertson, and he's definitely an attacking fullback. So it does make me wonder with these two now, with Simakas and Trent, the most likely whether they'll go back to something more resembling their old system, where where both fullbacks are allowed to influence attacking play more often. It's that, or they play someone like Joe Gomez as a as a, a left back who becomes part of the back three or something, a bit like other teams do. But I don't know if they will play Joe Gomez as a left back. It feels a bit far fetched to do that. So, and if they are going to play Simicas high and wide down the left, then it makes sense for the left forward to be someone who tends to be a bit narrower. And Diaz of all the Liverpool wide players is the one that tends to hold the width a bit better where Jota is always looking to sort of make those out-to-in runs and, and get in position. So as a pairing, I think Jota works better with Simicast than what Diaz does. So I'm sure Klopp's aware of these sorts of things. So it makes you wonder if Jota is going to have a little run in the team with Simicast now for a couple of weeks until Robertson's back. Mm-hmm. So he may, we're talking about, in my case, getting him as a one-week punt for this week, but he might be someone that's actually a bit better than a one-week punt. He might be hanging around the first team more consistently for, for five or six weeks now if, if they are going to play like that. It's it's, it's the, the good part about my wild card, I guess, that we'll get a week of evidence here from Liverpool before we get a bit more commitment to how they're likely to play um, for the next couple of game weeks, I think, with, without Robertson. Um, 
But yeah, I could I could maybe even get two Liverpool players. I might have enough to get to get Jota and Simicast this week as my two punts or something, rather than Trent. Mm. So there there are some other options, but I don't hate that idea. I think I've got no Liverpool right now. Um, in terms of fixtures this week, it's one of the more upside ones, isn't it? Liverpool at home, even I though it isn't so. off local derby, all those sorts of factors to bear in mind. Um, I don't yeah. hate the Simica shout at all. Uh, I even looked at it today myself. Um, I've already made a transfer this week, um, but I did consider a minus four to get to get Simakis in, actually, because it just helps me. Because um, Aaron Hickey's out for a while. Uh, well, he's suspended for, I think, two games. So I consider taking, taking him, but... I don't think it was worth a minus four, in all complete honesty. Uh, I couldn't find any news on Robertson in terms of how long he'll be out for. We haven't heard yet. So until we get that news, I think you're, you're absolutely right. It's a hold fire. Um, I already own Salah. So I, I, to be fair, I'd have, I'd have quite liked to have punted Nunes for this game. And, and then that was going to be something I was going to look at. But actually, you know, the, the predicted lineup and, and obviously those travel times, it's a bit difficult. Also, if they play this team, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about it. <laughs> um, in all fair, it's not the strongest in in midfield. I think it's how you value those players. I actually think Endo, sort of attribute-wise, is a better number six than all the other players they've got. I know no one's really heard of him. He was a sort of relatively low money signing from Germany. But in terms of the way he plays, I think we all agree McAllister's probably more of an eight than a six, but he's been playing as a six. Curtis Jones more of an eight than a six. Subasly is an eight or a ten. They haven't really got a full on six, I would say, but I think Endo is probably their sort of best solution. So I, I wouldn't actually mind this. Me from Graven Birch has looked fairly eye catching in some of the cup appearances we've seen him in. So it's one of those lineups I think you midfield where you look at it and think, oh, you can get at that. But actually, attribute wise, maybe it's quite well balanced. Um, I'm intrigued to see if Endo does play some games as a six because I think he he could be the the better solution. I'll be fair. I think McAllister has been absolutely woeful in a Liverpool shirt, actually, since they signed him. I mean, when they when they played Brighton the other week, I think he forgot that he still didn't play for Brighton. Genuinely, <laughs> it was awful, giving the ball away, just tackled all the time. It was he was absolutely shit show. In all fairness, um, so this gives question, us a good excuse to drop him. <laughs> question for you, Martin. Then here, if you knew Simicast was definitely playing the next four games, would you get him in? Knowing you'd have to sell him again in four games time. Yeah, I'd. I'd... I, I literally looked at this earlier and I decided I decided probably not unless unless Botman is still out. I don't think he is. If Botman is is gonna be out a bit longer, then um that's a, probably a nice easy switch. Um but as long as Botman's okay, I don't really see it I don't really see it working for me. Like for example, if I bought him in if I bought him in this week, um then you know let let's say let's say Botman's fit. I could still get Simakas in for Ethan Pinnock, for example, but then I've got to decide if, who I'm going to play out of Simakas and Anthony Gordon. Simakas probably has got a bit better upside this week, but I don't know if it's really worth a transfer. Um, and yeah, no, I, I, I looked at it and decided against it. I want to be using my transfers to bring in, you know, like Brighton for their good run. Um, you know, I'm thinking about, I want to bring like Martinelli in for, you know, the longer term. Mm. Um, and, and things like that so yeah I've, I've decided against it 
I know Liverpool have been ropey defensively, but you, I, I wouldn't put it past them keeping three clean sheets in these next four games. And if he manages to squeak two attacking returns as well, that's a decent haul right over four game weeks. Mm. For, for a 4.4 yeah. 4. 4 defender, yeah, it's, it's a great upside. Um, I think if you're what I think if you're wild carding like you, Craig, potentially, I I think it's a no brainer. Four point four Liverpool defender for the next run of four. You got you got to anticipate Robertson with his injury could be out for a couple of weeks at least. So maybe these four games. So Simakas at four point four is an amazing way into that defense. Um, and we do know he can get attacking returns. So I don't hate it. I think if you're Martin or me who's not wild carding then it's a bit more difficult because for me i'd be taking out either hickey or um potentially botman botman is on 50 percent yellow flag so you know don't know what what's going to happen with him but there's two two players there but i'd be taking a minus four but uh wild card i don't hate that at all yeah, i wouldn't do him for, i wouldn't get him in for a hit simicast and i know we don't like using transfers on 4.5 defenders every sort of handful of weeks but he is one that's got a massive upside Considering the fixtures yes. as well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't get Mark Gway in for four weeks because we fancy Crystal Palace to keep a few clean sheets or something. But no. someone like Simicast with these fixtures, with yeah. sort of you, Liverpool could conceivably score fifteen goals and keep three clean sheets in these next four weeks. And if yeah. I do that, there's a reasonable chance he might get something. And, and at four point four, he's the kind of guy that enables you to potentially have a Harland and Salah double up as well. It's like those guys will allow you to do that. I won't talk about it a lot now because it may be a decision for next week when I've actually activated yeah, the world. But I haven't got Salah in my team at the moment. But if I drop Trent down to Simicast, that might allow me to get Salah. And maybe Simicast and Salah is better than Trent and one of my midfielders, for example. So we'll see. Um, Liverpool are probably my biggest headache on wildcard. So I'm quite looking forward to getting the information from this one game. And that might tell me enough then where I go, for the next, where Trent plays, where Simicast plays. Um, if, if Jota is a handful in this game, things like that, and how valuable Salah is, well, we already know that, but if he plays a bit narrower or a bit wider. So good, this is a really important game for me personally in terms of gaining information and insight, I think. Cool. Move on. We have... Oh God. Bournemouth. Bournemouth Wolves. Tricky one <laughs> from a fantasy perspective, but... Um, Let's not focus on it too long, eh? I had, uh, just, for a, just for a bit of interest, I, I had a look at the... Uh, the respective hashtags for these two teams just to see if anything interesting popped up. Um, and you can see I found this Bournemouth account. Um, so there is now a dedicated account that's um, counting the days uh, that Bournemouth have not had a penalty. So it's 535 days and 49 matches since they've last had a penalty. Jesus. Um, so, so yeah, that was quite funny because I didn't, I didn't appreciate that at all. So yeah, Bournemouth are due a penalty. Um, and Dominic Solanke, um, you can see there. I've just put I've just put the top XG for the two clubs just in case. A um, couple of things that stand out here. Well, Bournemouth's next two fixtures are pretty good. So again, um, you know, if you're thinking of dead ending into a wild card, Dominic Solanke's maybe not the worst shout. He's well clear top expected goals at Bournemouth. With um, he's got an XG of three and he scored three goals basically. Um, David Brooks is the next best, but um, his, uh, his his minutes are far from guaranteed. He's wrapped up that XG in not very many minutes. I want to say actually, David Brooks. Yeah. Um, and then from a Wolves perspective, um, Cunha's out on top, um, just under two goals expected. He scored one. Um, similar for Neto, just behind, also got one. And then and then we've got Huang, who has scored his five 
five goals from an, an XG of one point two four. So uh, yeah, yeah, that's pretty incredible stuff. I don't. I don't. I, I yeah. I'm definitely sort of going to try and have a look at using one of the cheaper Wolves guys as a, as a way into maybe increasing one of my midfielders to a Martinelli or something in the next game week or two. I think next week I'm definitely going to have to take a minus four and, and change two people around. I think that's my that's my plan. Um, and yeah, Chan and Neto are both very much on the radar um, for the Sheffield. That you, Not both. Does, that put you off, does that put you off though, that he's got five goals from an XG of 1.24 or... Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> um, more, more to the point. I might probably go like Neto, I'd probably go Neto over uh, over Chan, really. But uh... must be something about these elite finishing schools in South Korea when these players are kids, right? If him and yeah. the son have gone to the same shoot, it must be something to do with their composure in front of goal. But yeah, no, it's, it's not exactly a big case, a big sample, two players. But the pair of them are obviously very good, aren't they? At composed finishing yeah. and taking the chances. Son's been doing it for years, though, so I'll, I'll back him to keep doing it. This guy, <laughs> yeah. I'm not, 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 not so sure. <laughs> not so sure on the way. Um, okay, Any uh, apart from, obviously, potential one or two Wolves players or, or Wolves players, anyone considering anything from these? Because if not, I'm going to move on. Not, not personally at the moment, no. Cool. Um, Brentford-Burnley, another storming game for Mbwemo to blank in, probably. Yeah, I thought we've probably covered Mbwemo enough <laughs> in the... In the yeah, opening eight weeks, so I just thought, I just thought let's have a let's have a look at Matthias Jensen. Um, he's up there, forty six points so far. So he's he's keeping company with Madison, Odegaard, Bowen. Um, he, he's right up there. Was he one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh highest scoring midfielder so far? Yeah. So I just thought I'd have a look at how he's doing it. Um, so you can see a season heat map there. He's just he's he's uh, he's a bit everywhere, isn't he? He's like he's like. Uh, it's almost like we we're going to look at Basuma later. That's almost like Basuma's heat map, but just not quite so intense. Um, and yeah, get again. He's he's got his points from an XG of zero point three one. Um, he's going at about half a shot per game on average, half a shot on target per game. Um, he's got one assist, three big chances created, bits and pieces really. Again, another one where. I'm not sure he's going to keep it up, but I don't know if you guys would agree or disagree with that. No, I've, I mean I've I've actually seen most of the games he's scored in, and I don't, you know, it's not like he's going on an amazing run. It's kind of pit bits and pieces picking up off others and stuff. So I don't think it's something that will continue. I, I haven't been particularly impressed with, with Brentford at all, uh, actually. Um, as a, as an Embuemo owner as well, obviously we're not focusing on him, but yeah, it's kind of a frustration. I, I think he's the next person on my chopping block, um, and I wouldn't consider Jensen to work for anybody. There's, there's there's other there's others around that price. I think that might have a have a run of decent games now. In all fairness, yeah, Douglas Louise is probably the main one on penalties as well. Good games for Villa and penalties. I think he's five point four as well. So there's a yeah. handful of players around this. They're all. You get what you pay for with these players, right? They all have little runs over the course of the season. If you get someone that plays reliable minutes, which it seems like Jensen is this season, then you're always in that sort of pot for something. Like you're a bit like Ward Prowse. I know Ward Prowse is, takes free kicks and he's good at free kicks and takes set pieces. But the thing with him is you zone him for the whole season and he ticks along. And at the end of the season, you look at his points and think he's done quite well for me. And I'm sure Jensen might be a slightly inferior version of that if you owned him all the way through. But you'd never know 
I'm sure there's no reliability in when his returns are going to come, right? It feels like one of those you just have to pick every week and occasionally you'll get something off him. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. feel like a, a good... It feels like more of a draft sort of player, doesn't he, rather than a... Uh-huh. I was, literally gonna, I was literally going to say he'd be a good draft pick. I was honest, just about to say that. Yeah. Ah, you let me go first, Martin. <laughs> yeah, it kind, of, it kind of is that, isn't it? It's like, I think we say it pretty much every season. It's, yeah, these these players do go on the run and it's picking them before they do, isn't it? Like we say it every time. You know, if you pick Jensen like four games back, congratulations, you've got a hell of a return. But you probably he's not going to keep it up. So whether you hold him or not, but you you know you've got a Liverpool and Arsenal game coming up there. So you know not great. Um, maybe it's time to move him on to the next big thing. Uh, if you can guess what that is, if he had like Eze type numbers, we've seen his data on previous pods, right? And his numbers look really good. But apart from he isn't really getting any points. But if we were looking at Jensen now with Eze's numbers down on on the right column. You look at it and think, yeah, maybe he is an option. He hasn't really stood out and been noticed by many yet as, as someone, but the data kind of backs up the points. But here it does feel like it's just a bit of overperformance, isn't it, with him? Flash in the pan is the... Uh... <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Uh, yeah, maybe so. And again, on, on Burnley, they are coming into better fixtures now, but I think we've said it several times over the last few weeks. It's just, you, you know, who do you hang your hat on from them? I think it's a bit like this. It's a bit... It's just a bit too punty, isn't it? There's no real talisman there. So, like Bay is still a Bay is still a perfectly reasonable four million defender. But apart yeah. from that, we do not. I know we've spoken about Foster a bit, but Cameron yeah. Archer is not doing much for four and a half. Right? I know we're using him as a, a permanent eight for attacker, and therefore he's not really getting on the pitch, so it's irrelevant. But in my wild card, I'm looking at maybe upgrading that position to just someone who's actually a bit better. Um, if Burnley have got these games. And look, in my case, let's say, for example, I wanted Salah, Haaland, Saka, all the expensive ones. Could I really get away for eight weeks or so with having Cole Palmer and Lyle Foster as two of my uh, two of my attackers and playing one each week? So you get you get Foster, obviously, for most of these green fixtures. If, he's, if you're not sure about him one week, you can play Cole Palmer. Chelsea are a slightly better team than Burnley, and he takes what well, looks like he might be taking penalties. Is that a viable sort of wildcard plan? You think to have two of these... Cheap players, if it allows lots of other more expensive players. I mean, right, right, right now, from what you described, you could have like you could have Simicast, Lyle, Foster, or son, and someone else. You know, there's a couple of four point five five million guys there. With Archer, I don't think I ever want to play, even if Sheffield United have got good games. But Burnley, I feel like might be a little bit better than that. With good home Sheffield United, attacking wise, their effect, their offense is much better. I'd I'd feel better owning a, a Burnley striker or mid like attacking midfielder than I would. United, a United one. It's a consideration for me that if I if I do want Haaland, Salah, Saka, Son, all these types of players, it obviously has to be accommodated. Most of us this season haven't gone for a seventh and an eighth for Taka are both quite cheap. But maybe it's feasible if you can get the if the fixture balance. Now Cole Palmer's emerged at say four point nine. Lyle Foster's like five million. It might work. Just a, something to think about, I think. Mm. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people went to Morris. You know, I, I because of that double, I still, I still hold Morris as as a player. You know, it, it's very. This is not a bad plan for me to downgrade Morris to somebody like that, just to have like point five or something to play with. I mean, I've got to get rid of Morris at the end of the day. <laughs> Alice could be a bit ropey now they haven't got Eze. They, they didn't look very good against Nottingham Forest at least. Then there's West Ham at home in there and Sheffield United at home. Those three home games in four weeks could be a nice run for Burnley. I agree with that. Yeah, that's fair enough. Cool. I'd be I'd I'd be worried that he just won't play every week because um, 
from gaffer experience but maybe yeah. you probably, they don't they don't they don't have that many options to be honest it's a bit different to last season i'll give you that they seem to find a different attacker every week when i see their their lineups i think who's that i never heard of mike tressor until he suddenly appeared in the first team and that is a yeah every week it feels like there's someone a bit different who i don't actually know who that is company's just got him in his wardrobe just brings one out like this guy today. um cool uh, much better fixture for the weekend. Man City versus Brighton. Man City on a bit of a slump at the minute, aren't they? Um, could Brighton come here and cause an upset? Definitely. Yeah, they lost three games in a row without Rodri. Rodri is back now, of course. Um, yeah, just I thought, well, instinctively, it feels like there might be goals in this game. Um, and all the numbers sort of back that up, really. So, uh, XG overall per match. Um, Brighton a second in the league. So far, Man City a third. Um, Man City are going at 2.67 goals per match at home. Brighton are going at exactly the same rate away from home. Huh. Um, so, yeah, it looks like, looks like potential for goals, doesn't it? Um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to roll this week so I can sort of weigh up my Brighton options next week when their really good run starts. But if I run into a problem, you know, between now and deadline, I don't think I'm going to be shy about just going a week early on them rather than rather than trying to do something else, to be honest. Um, it might not be the worst thing in the world to have a Brighton attacker in this game, you know, especially with their good run afterwards. I think say if I run into a problem, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna divert my course. I'll just still go in on Brighton and just do it a week early, I think. But um yeah, what are you guys thinking? Are you, like people are thinking about selling Alvarez maybe after this week as well. Um, that's going to be a popular move. Brighton in. Don't know how how you're thinking on your wildcards going, Craig. In terms of how many Brighton you're going to have, um, assume you're get, are you going to get rid of Alvarez on your wildcard? Uh, yes, likely. Uh, at the moment, I'm sort of on. So it's going to be very tight financially to get the wildcard team I want. So it's possible that by a deadline, when I can actually activate, I may have to downgrade and sacrifice someone because I just can't afford the team anymore. So my I've got a third striker spot at around 7.1. So I've got Hoyland in it for Man United at the moment, but it could be someone else. One sacrifice, if I need the little bit of extra money, could be just to keep Alvarez, um, which is I don't think will be the worst hold. Obviously, it's Man City, right? The most likely team to win the league. But I feel like I could do better. So I don't feel like I particularly want to keep him. I'd be, it'd be a reluctant keep if I did it. I don't feel like I want 3C for this run. Haaland, I still, in my eyes, is still non-negotiable. I have him. But I'm struggling to put two other men cities with him right now. So yeah, I don't think I will have any more. Uh, and then Brighton... Considering those four fixtures, I feel like I should have more than one. But obviously, we know their defense isn't reliable at the moment, and their sort of defender you do want's injured. Yeah. The goalkeeper you can't trust because each week it feels like they're rotating the goalkeepers. Um, the strikers again, you've said it. I think Martin, you were considering Evan Ferguson at some point. He, he would be mm. another option for my third striker. Mm. But again, he's minutes rotating with mainly Danny Welbeck, but there's others as well. You just can't trust any of them. And even in midfield, to be fair, they're, they're not that trustworthy. I could get Matoma for, for these great runs. He, he starts one of these four. It wouldn't surprise me necessarily, but you feel like you have to have a piece of it. Um, yeah. I may stretch to two pieces of it and deal with the consequences if I get limited minutes, but I don't think I can trust Brighton enough to go in with three. Um, at the moment, I think I've only got Matoma. But if they do carry on playing, well, carry on, they played it once, didn't they? Sorry, March at left back because they don't have a stupid end. 
they're not blessed with loads of wingers. I know they've got a fatty there who can can play minutes, and they've got a Dingro who seems to get something every time he does play. There's maybe some cheaper midfield punch you could go for, but I feel like Matoma and Gross are the two with safe minutes. Mm. Matoma is probably a bit more reliable for attacking returns. So begrudgingly, I think with Brian, because you know how much I love them, begrudgingly, I think I may I'm going to only have one. Um, mm. And I, I'm not going to start. I won't be making the move this week. Are you not temp- tempted to have someone like Van Heck on your wild card? You know, just put him in the team. If he doesn't play, he doesn't play. You just, you just don't. Even with these fixtures, you just don't trust them defensively. No, because he he's he's four million defender Van Heck. Yeah, I saw. I've seen that. But his fixtures ain't no better than Bayer's, right? Uh, neither of them look like keeping clean sheets. Neither of them two have got attacking returns. So. If if you knew Lamptey was going to play a lot of games, I'd maybe punt him for four million, knowing that he might get some assists. That's what I'd say. But Ben um, Hick, does, from what I've seen of him, doesn't offer much in terms of attacking threat. Big lad, right? Mm. But don't ever seem yeah. to really be amongst the the goals or anything. So yeah, even with good fixtures, you can't trust Brighton defence for clean sheets based on what we know at the minute. I think they're just struggling to their build up is struggling to play through midfield with the with the loss of Caicedo and McAllister, the players they've got in aren't ready to step into those shoes yet. And I think just leaving them a little bit more open at the back and the way they're trying to play, they've not adjusted the system for the sort of the dropping player quality. So there's obviously going to be more mistakes and things aren't going to go as smoothly, I think is the issue with them. So what, what do you think about it? We, we obviously spoke about on my wildcard, if I wanted to punt a midfielder, Jota, a Men City mid, would you rather have Jota this week or, or a Foden? Um, if you had a choice of one of them to Jota, yeah, I think I'd rather have Schotter. Okay. I've already got a yeah. Harlan Alvarez, but I was just thinking as a one-week punt, and again, to be a bit different, I could go in with treble Man City attack against a team that can't keep a clean sheet. And it's a treble attack of supposedly the best team in the league. Feels like quite a nice yeah. sort of um, differential. Yeah. It would be. It does, yeah. I was going to say it would be a nice different. I mean, uh-huh. although we chose Jotter over... Um, thingy just then it doesn't mean it doesn't make him a bad pick. It doesn't mean a bad, it's gonna say it doesn't make yeah. it a bad choice. You know, you're, you're absolutely right. Those three would be a nice differential this week, and it has every you know, Brighton can't keep a clean sheet, so it has every uh, it could go off for you. So, yeah, I, I don't hate it. It wasn't I hated it, I just thought Jota was maybe a better choice. Um, personally, for me, like I said, I've got an I've got an Embuemo and an Eze issue in my team. Uh, one of those next week is coming out for a Brighton mid. Haven't decided who yet, but it'll be Matoma, March, or um, potentially I'm, oh, I could take a punt on Ansu Fati. I do like him. It just feels like that might be a uh, a stupid move, and I'm, one I'm going to uh, have to get back. Who are you selling Darren? Is A and who? Uh, Embuemo. Embuemo. So, so if you downgraded one to Fatty, that'll give you enough to upgrade the other one to someone quite useful, like Martinelli or something, right? Well, yeah, maybe, probably not. No, uh, I don't know what I'm gonna. So, when I looked at it before, I think those two are going to come out, and I think I actually might have to go much cheaper to get Martinelli in. But that was what I, I priced up. But I don't have much in the bank, so I think I've got only point one. So no, I'm gonna I'm gonna struggle to get um, I'm gonna struggle to get Martinelli and and a Brighton mid. Those so, are about 13 million combined, right? For you, if you sold them in Waymo and Eze, you look at Martinelli is about seven and a half. What's Fatty? Uh, is he five and a half or is he six? Six, I thought, but Martinelli um, 7.7, I think. So, yeah, it, okay. uh, uh, yeah, it's a struggle, put it, put it that way. That's why I think I was looking at potentially Martinelli and a Wolves midfielder. 
Um, but then I realized it wouldn't have any Brighton. So yeah, I need to, I need to take a look at it really. Um, it might be that I have to sell Morris or Alvarez and, and go in with a punt on Ferguson or, or Jao Pedro. Um, the mess around with mid price players, right? You don't want to get caught in that position. No, I, I've got myself caught in that position already. Like I'm, I'm, I'm deep in it. Like Embuemo, Eze, Morris, and, and Alvarez really is the problem. I mean, Eze wouldn't be such a problem, but he got injured. That, that is the issue. Um, I really wanted Trent for the run as well, but that is a, another trippier shaped hole potentially. Um, can't have them all. You can't have, you can't own everyone. What's that? Um, cool. Talking to Newcastle. Oh, so- Good, oh, good. I just, I just wanted to ask you on the, if, are we, are we captaining Harlan this week? No. No? I'm, Craig? I'm captaining Salah. Uh, yeah, at the moment, I think so. Unless I really get swayed into captaining Sun again against Fulham, which it could happen. Because we did it last okay. week, but we can't, it can't be a fair gauge when they had a red card so early on, right? What about you, Martin? I'm going Harlan, yeah. Brighton are just... Brighton are conceding too many goals. Home game, yeah, I'm captain and I. I think so as well. I'm trying to call defense badly, but yeah. I don't even have Haaland as my vice at the moment. Spicy, isn't it? <laughs> it is spicy. Well, Salah will play. You'll be a fine. But yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. That's why. But Bruno Fernandez, if you're asking, right? Um, talking of Newcastle and, and Trippier-shaped problems. Um, yeah. So what's on the screen? Expected assists and expected goals for Newcastle. So Trippier shows their top for expected assists, 2.53. He's got five actual assists from it. Um, and then drops right down to Anthony Gordon, 1.19. He's got two from it. So Trippier's way out in front, really. Uh, more than double the next best, Anthony Gordon. And then XG, um, Isak, five expect, 5.41 expected goals. And he scored six. I mean, I mean, I know we're sort of well into Newcastle's good fixtures now we're maybe about to come out the other side of it a little bit but are we are we are sleeping people, on Isak? Yeah. Are people sleeping on Isak a bit too much because of Callum Wilson being around like, it seems like Isak's first He's, choice doesn't it? Yeah I, 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 like, I'm glad you brought that point out because it's what I was going to make uh, if I was on a wild card now and I'm I, I, I regret not doing it Isak is an amazing shout like Palace, Wolves, Arsenal, yeah, that's difficult. Bournemouth, yeah, easy. Chelsea, Man United, and Everton. Chelsea and Man United shouldn't really scare Newcastle at the minute. They're, they're conceding. They're not a big, huge threat. Uh, they're two home games as well, the Chelsea and Man United one, so that's something to take into consideration. Wilson is injured, I think, or struggling a little bit, as he often does. Um, and Isaac is first choice regardless. Isak on a wild card all day long for me if I was doing it now. Uh, and, I, and I'm annoyed that I didn't look and think about it ahead of it. Um, I think he's got some... I think the next seven or eight for him are, are not bad fixtures at all. And the way they're playing, I love it's it. It's isn't it? You, don't, you, live, you, you imagine that whichever one... I imagine Isak's going to start the Champions League games as, I agree, the first choice striker they've got. Does that mean Wilson plays at least one of the league, starts one of the league games even before to make sure his is available or after to make sure that he's rotated and rested? It, it, because they're in the Champions League, it, 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 I don't know, I've always got that hanging over me that the other one will start odd league games around. And 
more likely as well, the other one, i.e. I. Wilson, will probably start the easier league games because Isak, again, as the number one striker, the importance is the Champions League games and the so-called harder league games, right? So if they do get a good game like Bournemouth that's in this run, you can probably pick that as a Wilson game if the Champions League fits around it, can't you? That's my concern, that you want the best players in the easiest games, not the best players in the hard games, don't you? Um, yeah. Yeah, I get it. I just I suppose, I suppose that was the question, really. Do, are we worrying about all that stuff a bit too much because in the meantime he's on six league goals <laughs> I, I, I certainly haven't got points for any of them <laughs> no we probably we'd probably do worry about the Champions League rotation thing a bit too much we definitely do um, the other thing is like Wilson isn't isn't always that fit we, we know this and often if he does start he is getting taken off quite early for Isak like Isak is still getting a good 20-25 <clears> minutes and that is enough like with Newcastle at the moment so yeah, I think we do get scared of the, of the Champions League too much. Um, they don't need to worry about the Newcastle. Don't even need to play their first team. They just smash PSG. Well, I think of other examples from other seasons now where this has been a thing where two players sort of get rotated minutes, and so because of that, you get put off them. And then the end of the season comes, you look, and both of them have ended up doing quite well. And you look at it and think, "Why well, was I such an idiot and didn't get that player in?" It feels like there's been loads of examples of it, and now I can't think of one. But. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, be, I, I don't think saying. I'm going to be going there on wildcard. If there weren't no Champions League, if this was like a, a month where there was no Champions League for a block of time, I might think about it. But the Champions League puts me off still, I think, with Isak. There's another international break as well, isn't there? Quite Four two. weeks' time. Four weeks, yeah. So is it? Those international breaks have gone well, haven't they? Um, Do, so- Craig, you, you put the other graphic there. Did you want to talk about that Trippier graphic? Yeah, just it was more to do with, I think, me trying to justify myself more with Trent. I know we're on Newcastle here, but Trippier, four fairly t- challenging games, very few points. Then we, we identified the fixtures were getting easier, started with that Sheffield, the Sheffield United game. And I think at the time, a lot of people were thinking, oh, Trippier's expensive. He ain't doing anywhere near as well as last year. I'll save two million and get Botman in. And obviously the Botman injury was unforeseen. But Trippier's gone, started to go mad now and sort of justify his, his higher price just by basically getting returns in easier games. And I was just sort of of the mindset that, are we thinking the same with Trent now, that Liverpool on the whole have been not great so far, certainly defensively. Trent hasn't been massively involved attacking-wise, but there's been quite a lot of games where Liverpool have had players sent off. The fixtures haven't been that easy. Now Liverpool are running into similar sort of games to what Newcastle have just had. Obviously, in terms of the way he was priced up and expectation of him, you'd expect more attacking returns from him. So are Liverpool just literally about to embark on a run similar to that that Newcastle have just had, where Trippier started to go mad? Is that enough of a justified reason to even make the move from Trippier to Trent? Because Newcastle's fixtures aren't as good. They're not horrible, but they're not as good. Um, could we just take our point? Well, not me. I haven't got, I haven't got Trippier's points. But is there an argument to jump off that bandwagon now you've got sort of 40-odd points off him in four weeks and move to Trent, who could do the same? I mean, if you're comparing, Newcastle have got Palace, Wolves, Arsenal, Liverpool have got Everton, Forest, Luton. But then then, so then Liverpool walk into Brentford and Man City, whereas Newcastle still only have Bournemouth and Chelsea. So I can understand your justification for the, for the three games, the three very easy games for Trent, but Newcastle's aren't horrible. And, and uh, yeah, that's a, that's a really difficult one, isn't it? Um, 
Spoken oh, earlier about knowing the right times to get on and get off players. I think Trippier is one of those now. Anyone that's got him, we're just going to keep him for ages because he's doing he's done well for this run. And he, say the run may carry on. I'm not saying it will stop, but if you're purely playing the fixtures, if you're purely playing fixtures, yeah, yeah. If you're purely playing fixtures, then I think I mean Palace and Wolves aren't terrible, no. But if you're just playing the fixtures, and I guess yeah, that like Trent is your next to like I, I I fear not having Trent for the next couple of games for Liverpool. Uh, the only way I get him is by getting. Uh, what's the price of Trent? Seven point nine at the moment. Yeah, so he's a whole million more than Trippier anyway. So it's a bit difficult to jump. <laughs> um, people didn't want to jump from Botman to Trippier a few weeks ago when it was a two million difference, right? Like people thought they weren't just being justified, and I, so I think he has now. That's just speculate a, to yeah, accumulate, that's... isn't it? Is that the saying? Speculate yeah. to accumulate. Yeah. <laughs> he's a what's Trent? He's less than ten percent owned, isn't he? It's it's a mega yeah. differential. Like this is a this is a player that um you know can push two hundred points over a season, and he's about to go on an amazing run of fixtures. Um, yeah, I think if 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 I was in your position, Craig, I'd find it difficult not to find a way to get him in. I think. Yeah, yeah. Left my wild card. He's been all of them, Trent. Mm. Absolutely all of them. If I was on wild card, I I'd certainly be looking at um I'd be looking at Trent. Um, uh, but as it stands, I'm not, and I'm going to find it very hard to get him in. Would you sell Trippier for him though, if you had that luxury transfer, or would you just keep uh, Trippier on the screen? No, I think I will. I think I think if I had if I had the if I had the ability to do it, I think I would. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Trent outscores outscores Trippier in the next three easily. Fortunately, I don't, I mean Newcastle against Palace, I think will be fine. Like at home, Palace, as we've already alluded to, are pretty dodgy. Um, at the minute, uh, they really do miss Eze. They just got no threat about them, actually. To be fair, apart from Anderson from set pieces, um, Wolves you take both on a free hit, wouldn't you? This week, Trent and Trippier, yeah. wouldn't you? Uh, both, yeah. both of them will be in the free hit team this week. <laughs> I haven't done it yet. It's Wednesday, but uh, I, both of them are going to be earmarked for it. I think. I, I think. I, I think on a free hit, I'd probably have three Newcastle defenders because I think this is the most. Likely clean sheet of the weekend, but yeah, that's it. That is a that is now a Palace 1 0 win with a Mateta 85th. <laughs> Mine's going five at the back, Trent's Dimacas and Triple Newcastle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Uh, Forrest Luton, go on, Craig. You you did this one, yeah. I mean, it's well, but no, well, no one wants any players, so I was just trying to think. I was going to say, breeze this one. <laughs> What's the angle into this game? So it's two teams, basically, that at the moment don't keep the ball. Luton, the worst team in league, 35% possession average. Nottingham Forest, the third worst team, 38% possession average. So both teams, so a primary objective in games is to probably play on the counter-attack and sit back. Obviously, they both can't really do it in the same fixture. So someone's going to have to take the lead in this game in terms of initiating the attack. Not take the lead, obviously, in terms of scoring, but in terms of initiating and go on the front foot. Yeah. So the the top one down the right is the home. Forests are a bit better at home. They're the seventh worst for possession at home, where Luton still remain the worst for away um, possession. Obviously, Forests are a good example. This possession don't necessarily mean results and goals, but if you've got the ball... The other team can't score should be the, the mentality. So just yeah, just a sort of general thing to look at here. Who's because I think Forest have about 40%, 45% in most of their home games in terms of possession. This one could be well, it should be the, the most they have all season. So interesting, sort of just from an analysis point of view, can Forest actually dictate a game and can they play on the front foot and hold the ball and sort of create opportunities against Brock defenses where they're used to 
relying on counter-attack a little bit more. So, say we're not going to buy any players from these these two teams, so it's not much point in talking about assets. It's just game state and what we what we think might happen in the game, I guess. So if you would would you well, I, I guess in my case I've got one week punt. Should I be punting a forest player? Divokarigi up front for a week. Is it? I don't know. Who's, who's playing? Yeah. I th- I think I want he's still out, isn't he? So yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Be a or Wood, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, Chris Wood. Because <laughs> Gibbs White, I could I could obviously he's another option with the midfielders we mentioned earlier. Yeah, but he hasn't got the upside of a of a Foden or a Jota. I don't think even with this fixture. No, no, I wouldn't be doing that. I, I mean, <laughs> uh, sorry, just away from Forest and Luton there, given the possession graphic, I'm shocked at West Ham being second worst, given yeah, given the fact they're doing quite well. Yeah, another team playing the counter attack, right? Get everyone behind yeah. the ball, compact, release Antonio and Bowen. Um, yeah, 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 it doesn't surprise me at all. Hmm. So this could actually end up being nil-nil. I'm, I'm, I'll take it if anyone's got Turner, they're playing him here. That's probably the big question. No, don't have him. The uh, if I did, I mean, free hit team, he could definitely be in against Luton. Yeah, I think you'd you'd stick him in. You'd stick him in, wouldn't you? I think. Um, I haven't got him, but don't know him. Yeah, uh, yeah, you'd probably Flecken, stick him in. I got Flecken, yeah, but I've got Ari, I've got Ari, Flecken and Ariola. So um, yeah, Ariola will be playing for me this week. You want to move Flecken to Turner as the long-term second keeper and then play Turner this week? I'm not sure, to be honest. I don't want to. I don't want to commit to it. I think it's not. I mean, West Ham's fixtures are decent at the moment, so I'm happy just to sit on it for a bit. I think. I think ideally, in a hopefully in a few weeks' time, I might be able to get my position where I can just um, just get Raya in for Flecken if um, if Raya is still playing every week. So I don't want to commit to moving it yet. Not that week owners, because I think most people are kind of the mindset now. The two keepers that have are Turner and Ariola. So anyone with Flecken that doesn't have one of them two, certainly if they don't have Turner, this is probably the, if you do want those two keepers longer term as the the two cheap players. Um, he is at risk of uh, being replaced at any moment, though, isn't he? Like by this, uh, I forget his name, the guy they bought from Benfica. He saved a penalty tonight, by the way. <laughs> Flecken's like off. <laughs> It's a funny one, though, Turner, isn't it? Because I think we've been sort of on, on the edge about it for about four or five weeks and Turner's actually playing all right at the minute, keeping clean sheets and mm. getting away with fouling Brian and Waymo right in front of the referee and things like that. <laughs> but, is it, but, uh, <laughs> but but um, they can't drop him while he's keeping clean sheets, can it? That'd be a bit bit harsh. And so he got one against Palace away. So yeah. uh, I, I do kind of agree. He might only be one big mistake away from getting dropped, but at the moment, his uh, shirt's his, right? It feels like. Yeah, it probably be for the moment, but I say I'm not going to spend a transfer bringing him in. No, okay. Next game, Darren. Yeah. What's that? Next game. Yeah, I am moving on. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Chelsea, Chelsea, Arsenal. Here he is. Talking the the other one we're talking about. Um, yeah, so this is kind of like uh, the opposite to the Man City Brighton game. Uh, maybe in terms of we got two teams actually performing well for expected goals against. So Arsenal are the second best in the league. Well, behind Man City, it should be said. Um, and Chelsea are actually the fifth best in the league for expected goals against so far. Um, so, yeah, potential potential for a tight game, maybe. Um, but, yeah, it's just really, really to highlight that. White and Saliba are the third and fourth highest defenders in the game, respectively. Um, David Reyes started the last few league games now, hasn't he? Um, just 3.6% owned. So... Yeah, there's a chance. There's a chance to be uh, maybe pick up a differential in the Arsenal defence. Maybe not this week, 
but um you know looking forwards uh yeah it was that was that was kind of it really um, happy to play one this week. i think i think it doesn't look bad does it like they say the second best expected goals against in the league we know chelsea i know they've uh you know they they did better against burnley but burnley have Burnley conceded a lot of goals against a lot of teams, right? So, um, so yeah, I think an Arsenal defender this week doesn't look too bad, does it really? Um, I find it quite difficult to call how this game's going to go. It wouldn't surprise me if it was nil-nil. It wouldn't surprise me if it was two-two, and kind of anything in between, really. But mm, that's a difficult one. I, I can't, I can't do this. I, I think Arsenal will take it, but yeah, it's not going to be an easy game. Certainly, uh, Chelsea have shown their. Uh, a little bit more fight recently, haven't they? So we'll see. So I've got Saliba, and at the moment he's one of those sort of borderline. I I, I wouldn't be against starting him, but it feels like when I've got punts and things, like, I can probably do better. Um, but you know, I kind of fancy Arsenal for the clean sheet. I think they've tightened up a lot defensively this year. In terms, I know XG wise they're still not the best, but last year I think they felt a bit like the, the Man City we're seeing at the moment, a really good XG but still find a way to concede, especially if they was looking quite comfortable in games they'd make it hard for themselves for the last 20 minutes and sit back a bit deeper, maybe not keep the ball as well and then concede and then cause sort of a few headaches late on. I don't know if it's the inclusion of Rice now or something or another reason, but they do seem a bit better at being a bit more resilient and a bit more watertight at the back as games go on. Um Headache for me on wildcard next week is I'm, I'm going to want three for that run starting the Sheffield United at home. But do I want one defender with two attackers or do I want two defenders with one attacker? I don't think that's clear in my head yet. Yeah. And, and then if I want two defenders, do I go with two defenders or do I go with a defender and Raya? Um, not completely clear on that yet. So Arsenal and Liverpool are two teams I want to sort of load up on. I'm pretty sure I want six on my wildcard from those two because... A lot of non-wildcarders won't have six on those two teams, so it feels like a good edge to two of the best three teams in the league, in my view. I can with good games, I can have six of. Where most other managers have maybe got two or three from those teams, but the the balance more so of Arsenal is a lot harder to weigh up which way to do it. Liverpool, I don't think you really want two defenders unless you really feel confident about Simicast and Trent, and you want to put, pick both of them. Mm. But Arsenal, I think, it is a bit a bit more of a discussion around whether you go two defenders or two attackers um, and then say which two do you go Saliba with Gabriel or do you go one of those two with Raya do you pick Zinchenko I think we all probably agree Ben White although he's got the most points is probably a bit bit expensive but yeah. from the others I think there's some flexibility how you do it um, but at the moment I, I quite like Raya as the keeper I think he'll keep his place um, he adds a little bit of a different dimension to Arsenal with the ball that I think is probably helping them yeah, I think if I was on wild card, I'd be picking Raya, Martinelli, and Saka would be my three. I think Martinelli and Raya, like so low owned, like yeah. can't really you can't really ask for better differentials than those two at the moment with their ownership. Um, and then obviously Saka is Saka. I think it'd be those three for me. I mean, Martinelli's low owned for now. I <laughs> uh, can see him getting a price rise in the next week or two, definitely. Mm. I'm uh, sure he'll creep up a bit, but there's so many good midfielders like to pick from. There is. I, yeah, you're right. You're I, right. I, you know, it won't, you know, it could, it could remain a, a, a decent differential, I think, for, for a little bit. Yeah. A lot started with him as well when obviously he didn't do very well, including me. And maybe one to some of you two had him at the start of the season as well. And people were yeah. quite... People don't like forgiving people very quickly, do they? So they'll they'll hold that against him for the whole season. Probably only had him for six <laughs> weeks at the start. He didn't do anything. Um, I ain't going back there again. So, 
yeah. people will have that on their mind as well with him, I think, which is not the way I tend to do. I do tend to be a bit more forgiving of people and accept that good players do have bad runs. And it was just unfortunate that I had him for a bad run. Um, yeah, there's about six Arsenal players I could have on my wild card at the moment. So it's tough. Cool. I think there's three games left. First is Sheffield right. United. Yeah, probably not a huge amount to say about this one. Obviously, if you've got a Man United asset, you're, you're going to, You've probably been holding him for this game, so um, yeah, there's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of rage transfers. Man United players out if this doesn't go well. I think I've got three Man United players I've been holding for this game, Mike. not one. Three. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and from your perspective, Craig, so you've got Diego Dallo, haven't you? And I just thought highlighted here the dif- the difference between when Man United actually play a right winger and when they don't. So. Um, on the left-hand side there is the game against Crystal Palace where Palestri played. And you can see that Palestri is playing number 28 there in front of Diego Dallo, creating that w- width on the right. Um, and then the Brentford game um, where they played Bruno Fernandes on the on the right of that sort of midfield three. Um, but he didn't hold the width like Palestri did. He sort of still stayed in his position. So you've got kind of Casemiro, um, Bruno and, um, and Mason Mount there kind of in that in that right kind of half space, if you like, rather than actually being out on the right wing. So I guess you're hoping for more like the Brentford game than for Diego Dallow, are you, Craig? Yeah, his position is about the same, actually, in both, isn't it? Yeah, I'd it say, is. Yeah. The player in front of him hasn't impacted where he's, he's, he's basically going to make no. the same run. Regardless. It's like a young kid playing PlayStation. The player's going to make the same <laughs> run regardless of uh, who's standing in front of him. <laughs> but Yeah. But I'm I'm playing back, so, right? I don't know what, that, what, what difference that makes. Will that make... They'll defend with a five, right, Sheffield United, even though they're at home. So will Man United try and squeeze six into the front line, maybe get Dallow a bit higher? Yeah, that, that's the hope, right, that they push him on. Um, I'll just go into these games with no expectations. Now, I'm fully expecting six points from my three Man United players, to be honest. Well, if, if I get more than <laughs> six points, I'm, I might maybe I'll get a, I'll, I'll take a nil-nil here and get my two midfielders with three points and Dallow's clean sheet. It's probably about as good as I'm going to hope for. I'd really like something from Bruno Fernandes because I've held him for a long ass time. And every time I go to dump him, I'm like, oh, he's got Sheffield United. <laughs> and, and then he's got a Fulham, Luton and Everton. And I think by that time, I was just like, it's too late to dump him now. I can't dump him till that Newcastle fixture. Yeah, I'm Tactically, Man United, whether it will come together in this game. Um, but they've, they've got some quite clear issues in my eyes, two or three different things that they need to improve on. But... They just outclass Sheffield United here, and that, it don't matter if you've got tactical frailties and faults. If you're better than the other team, sometimes that's just enough, right? Yeah. Are you about to ask him, ask me, Martin, if I'm going to hold him? No, no, I know you're going to hold him. Say so people, have, people well, have, uh, people have just been waiting for this game, but um, you're going to sell him. You're going to sell him afterwards. So, like, obviously, Man City's a shit fixture for United potentially, um, or on paper maybe, and then and recent, but. Afterwards, he's got Fulham, Luton and Everton. But yeah. am I already sick of him? I am. Yeah, you're right. And um, what the Sheffield United game could do is two things. Number one, it's either he's going to get absolutely dickle. That make my mind up. Don't worry about the other three greens because he's had green fixtures all, all the way up till now sometimes and he's done nothing. Or he'll do amazing in the Sheffield United game and I'll be like, I've got to hold him now. But he is a decent amount of money in that midfield, which allows me to get Madison, Martinelli, and a decent other midfielder. It, it's yeah, it's it's. Mm. 
I'd have this done What's that? Sheffield United sit deep. They've got a back three. There's, as we found out with the likes of Sun, they don't give you loads of space to run in behind Sheffield United. So Rashford isn't really going to have the space to run in behind in comparison to other games he could have. It feels like Sheffield United would give up a fair amount of the ball to Man, Man United. So Man United should get a decent amount of the ball in the opposing half in the final third. No space in behind. So there's going to be a big reliance on the likes of Bruno and Mount most likely to create things. It feels like he's going to be pivotal to our Man United play in this game, Bruno. Um, if there's a haul in this first batch of games we've held him for, this does feel like the sort of game, sort of matchup wise that it's there for him to be involved. Um, they might have certainly win 1-0 right either from a corner or something that someone else might take. So you, you, I, yeah. I, I wouldn't hold him personally, I don't think, for Fulham, Loot and Everton. As much as they're nice games on paper, I, I, I do think there's plenty of teams with good fixtures around this run. Yeah, there is. Plenty of teams that are more proven at the moment and slightly more reliable. Yeah. Then. Yeah. So yeah, I I got rid of Rashford and Bruno on my wild card, and I've now I've now just got Hoyland, who at least is a little bit cheaper, um, and uh, and allows me to play up allows me to play three up front, which I wanted to do. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold Hoyland through this this run. Obviously, City next week not great, but the other fixtures are still pretty good. So I'm gonna I'm gonna back him. I, I might join you, Martin. So on my wild card, he's. Firm consideration for my third. So I'm pretty sure I want Harland and Watkins, but who I put with them as the third one, whether it's a cheap option, like uh, we spoke about earlier, like uh, who I talked about was quite cheap. Uh, yeah. Oh, Lyle Foster, I was talking about. Yeah. Do I get yeah. someone like Lyle Foster, or do I go up to a seven million spot and keep Alvarez or come to Hoyland, maybe consider Darwin for a bit, even maybe go up to Gabriel Jesus? I know we just spoke about Arsenal, but if we think they're going to score goals, Jesus will probably be back through the middle again soon. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that to, but he's only the same price as what he was last year when he was like 80% owned or whatever it was so he, sh- he should still be capable of scores again so as much as it feels like there's not a lot of strikers to own right now there's probably more than you think there's probably about eight that are valid owns I would say uh, yeah. but Hoyland's definitely in that discussion I think if he's going to play every game and doesn't fill up a take up a midfield spot which is a bit more precious yeah, so for for me, sort of getting getting rid of Bruno Fernandez and and Eze allows me, or Bruno Fernandez and even Alvarez allows me to get things like Watkins and, and another midfielder, like a decent midfielder, like a Brighton midfielder, and that feels quite nice to to go into the next couple of run with Brighton and Villa. Um, but I've got Diaby already, so and I'd be holding a, an injured Eze and a, and a shit Embuemo, so. <laughs> uh, it's difficult to know what to do next week. In reality, you've got to take out the players that are the problems first. There and Eze is the problem. He's injured and not at least. Yeah, yeah, Eze definitely is. Yeah, yeah. I can't. Yeah, that's that's the thing. But then I end up holding Fernandez to a Man City game and then thinking, yeah, I can't get rid of him now. Um, I think Martin's got the right idea though. If you can, I think next week's the big fixture shift. So if you can roll this week, give yourself two threes next week. Maybe even consider a minus four, three. You could probably do quite a lot with three, three, three transfers next week. I won't yep. have next week. I'll have one because I've already done a transfer this week. Uh, I went before the pod, Darren. <laughs> before the pod. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, yeah, is what it is. Um, it's all about Sky. Remember that. Villa <laughs> <laughs> West Ham. Villa West Ham, yeah. So just uh, on the screen, just um, just an illustration of uh, you know how good Villa have been at home, really. Three games played in the league, three wins, 13 goals scored, only two conceded. Um, pretty impressive. Very impressive. Um, and then expected goals 
Ollie Watkins out in front, 3.67, scored four actual goals. Uh, Matty Cash, XG of three, he's got two. Douglas Louise, 2.3, uh, he's actually scored three. Musa Diaby, 1.61. So I know at the start of the season, it was, um, it was a bit of a debate, wasn't it? What's better out of Watkins or Diaby? Um, but actually, Watkins in, in the last few weeks has actually started to pull clear of Diaby a bit, isn't he? So interested on your perspective, Craig, of whether you think whether you think that's that's clear now or whether Watkins is just in a bit of a in a hot patch and Diaby will claw it back or how do you see it? Yeah, he's streaky at the best of times, Watkins. I think he does have these veins of form. I think last year he had one sort of game week 23 to 30 or something and people weren't sure if it would carry on and it did for about seven, eight game weeks. He's a bit like that. I, I think Diaby is naturally influencing play a bit deeper. Um he basically starts off up front with Watkins and then comes looking for the ball a bit shorter where Watkins stays on the shoulder and defenders don't really know whether to follow him or not. And he takes up some slightly awkward, unusual positions that centre-backs don't really want to go into. And then he obviously finds himself some space and helps build the attack and then attacks the box a bit later. So I think they've, they've worked on a partnership and understanding a bit from the start of the year, when they start of the season, when they was making similar runs. Because they both was playing on the shoulder, both trying to run in behind, both quite pacey like that. But arguably getting in each other's way a little bit and they're not working together as well. But that's obviously developed over X number of game weeks now. Um, yeah, Watkins is the one you want for goals. I own DRB in FPL. Um, happy to keep him for this game if he's fit. But he's gradually fading away on my wild card thought. He was one of the ones that were sort of nearer the top of my shortlist. But I've probably got one midfield spot now that I'm not sure about on my wild card. Jared Bowen's in it with West Ham, obviously, in this game as well. The Arby's in it. Um, maybe a second Brighton mid, Louis and Diego Jota, all these sorts of players are considerations. I'm not exactly sure where I'm going to go yet. Martinelli's arguably in that discussion as well. The more I think about it, the more I think I'm probably not going to go with the Arby. Um, I want Watkins, a Villa that good that we want two attackers from them. Maybe we are. We had it with West Ham the other year with Ben Rama and Antonio, and it went quite well at the start. So you could do it. But given the choice between the two, even for the extra money, I think I'd rather have Watkins. So I know this isn't a Sky pod, but same for Sky. And obviously a single captaincy day coming up for Villa. And if you've got the choice, I'd, I'd pick Watkins from the two for the run as well in there. I hope yeah. Diaby does bring it back this week because that was my transfer in. It's not okay, bad. So it's just whether he quite yeah. has the upside of a Bowen or of a Martinelli or of a other players that they're a bit more expensive than him. But They, they, they are, yeah. Um, but I think it just, I, I needed a Villa and I couldn't get to Watkins. He's obviously more expensive. So for, for me, definitely wanted a piece of Villa for the next four. Um, so Diaby was the one in. I am going to call in the Villa Saka. If we are going to treat a player like Arsenal treat Saka and run him into the ground and play him every week, I think Diaby is that vital to us. So you, even if he's not fully fit, I think it will play him through some... It, the, some... He, had, he had that obviously flag... Uh, didn't he? But he played, and then he's got no flag now, and he's had a he's had time off because obviously the international break. I don't yeah. think he played, so I think he'll be absolutely fine. I hope he's fully fit, firing on all cylinders, and and ruins West Ham. Sorry to our West Ham listeners, <laughs> but I need some points. So well, I'll take him as well because I've got him at the moment. So, but say on wild card, different matter. Say it's possible I do have him. He's he's on the shortlist, but. I'm sort of calling on him a little bit where a few weeks ago I was pretty keen to have him. Cool. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to buy Bowen next week. But um, yeah, that's for, that's for next week. Good. I was going to say that the fixtures for West Ham are really good, aren't they? In that turning point in Everton. 
Everton, Brentford, Forest, Burnley, Palace, arguably three of the not greatest teams there at the end. So mm. again, again, it's a decision for me, isn't it? Like, what, what do I do here with this midfield? You could Definitely. do well here, Owen. I know you said earlier, Martin, about Matoma. You might, you wouldn't be concerned about getting him a week early. But mm. I, I think Bowen's a better pick. Villa, I know two home goals conceded, but we are susceptible to being counter-attacked, especially with Paul Torres not being the quickest and Digne, in general, not being the best defender. So our left side can be attacked. West Ham, we saw on the, the possession screen, low possession, but looked to play on the counter-attack. Can they spring Bowen away, running in behind Digne, who gets forward a little bit, and then running at Paul Torres, who's, say, not a particularly athletic defender in that sense? I wouldn't be surprised if West Ham do a job on us on the counter-attack here, the same way they did in Brighton and a few other teams earlier this year, where they sat back, soaked it up, and then were, were quite efficient on the counter-attack. If you yeah. if you if you're looking at getting Bowen, he, I'd rather get him a week early than Matoma. I think that's fair enough. Yeah, for me that means two. That means two moves. So so yeah, it will be next week for me. But I'd, yeah, I take the general point um, for others. Yeah, uh, and I think we are on to the last game, which I believe is Spurs Fulham. Yeah. So first of all, one here just just highlighting Basuma's heat map there. Just a, yeah, just a trigger to say obviously Basuma's going to miss this game. He's, Really, really key to the way Spurs are playing now under Postacoglu. Um, and they're up against Fulham, whose who's best player and most influential player is Jao Polina in the middle of the pitch. So, yeah, it complicates it a little bit for Tottenham, doesn't it? I probably expect them to still go out and win the game, but it's definitely far from ideal um, of all the fixtures for for Basuma to miss. A game against Fulham again with Polina. Um, yes, yeah, so it's not ideal. Um He's all that red on the heat map, the parts of the pitch where he gets angry and does silly stuff, like gets enough, is it? <laughs> well, dives about, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so just thought I'd highlight that. I'd say I'd, I'd say I still expect Spurs to win the game, but um, but yeah, let's say that won't be ideal for them. Um, and then Pedro Poro, I know we, we touched on it last week, sort of, you know, do you pick your doggy or Poro on a wild card, or you know, is Poro is a good differential. Um, I think he's he's creeping up a little bit. I think he's up to eleven percent now. But um, but yeah, looks uh looks a good differential option. Are you st- are you still gonna 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 get him, Craig? I know you said you probably were. Yeah, that's the one defender spot I'm unsure of at the minute. That again, I spoke earlier. I might have to downgrade someone. Should I get priced out of my actual wild card? I want and Poro to a doggy is obviously a downgrade cost wise as well, which is a different solution. Is is the is Poro that much better that? If I have to downgrade someone, is, is that the best downgrade I've got just doing Poro to a doggy? Because obviously I get, get the same clean sheet points, you'd think. So in an ideal world, I'd want Poro. Um, the fixtures, though, are not amazing compared to some other teams. If you look at the likes of Villa with Matt Cash, um, Liverpool have obviously spoken about already. Brighton, uh, maybe not so much defensively, but there's Arsenal. If, we, if, we, if, if, if I decide to go for Trent, Saliba and Cash or something on my wild card. I'm going to play those three over Poro looking at these Tottenham fixtures and 5.2 million defender who's going to be on the bench more than he plays, I think, for the next sort of six, seven weeks. Could be a bit expensive when I could just come down to someone at 4.5 who's got equally bad fixtures. And so, yeah, not sure at the moment with Poro. I think Madison's the only Tottenham player I've got confirmed for my wildcard. Son is a possibility still. A defender is definitely a possibility still. Um but they'll be on the fringes of the team. I'll get the sort of nine, ten I want in place first. I have to make decisions on the other four or five, and the likes of Poro will be in that discussion. But ideally, I'd have him, I think, and 
Would you want to say from next week, Palace away, Chelsea at home, Wolves away, Villa at home. The home games ain't great, are they? Chelsea and Villa. No. Then the away games are fine, but again, could you do better? You you might if you can find a defender of a home game that week. You're probably going to play them over Poro as well, aren't you? So possibly disposable for a few weeks, Tottenham defenders, and then maybe I don't know what the run is from the West Ham game onwards. Maybe you go back to them, back to them at that point or something. I think if you had a dog and you've had him since four point five, you're not going to be in a rush to sell him. No. But, but for wildcard purposes, it might be a, a place to be different from those that have already used their wildcard to maybe not, not have a Tottenham defender. Um, yeah, awkward one, I think, at the moment then. Would you have one? Yeah. Well, I've got a doggy, so he's uh, he's not going anywhere. Um, yeah, I've got probably other other priorities at the moment. So, yeah, um, well, I think, I think I'd think i rather have Poro, but I'm not going to mess about switching from one to the other, that's for sure. Mm, I, I've got a... a, a... I was calling him a, do- a doggy, um, a doggy, but um, I'm quite happy with that. In all fairness, uh, I don't, I don't dislike the Spurs, the Spurs fixtures. Uh, Basuma will be a big miss, as we know. I mean, we all very much sounded like very bitter Sky players when we mentioned <laughs> mentioned Basuma diving. Um, but um, yeah, I, I'm not. I've got bigger fish to fry than uh, getting rid of him. So at the moment, to be completely honest with you, um, if I was on a wild card. I'd have one of them. I'm not going to lie. They've got good. They've got a, a not a bad run of fixtures here. I'd say, in all fairness. Okay. Cool. I believe we are on to some questions. I'll read them. FPL Richie says, "My FPL one. Lots of wild cards coming up, Craig. So outside of goalkeeper, pick a sub, ten percent own differential in each position for the next six game weeks." I'll keep a tally, and the person who gets the most points over six game weeks, the six game weeks wins something. Best snake draft it to avoid a punch up. There's enough Twitter beef without us falling out, eh? All right, then. Well, that's interesting. So, oh God, okay. Who wants first pick in what position? Whatever defender, whatever position each where we get to go first, get first priority pick. It's got to be less than 6%, did you say? Less than 10%. Less than ten, sorry, less 10%. than 10%. Sorry, 10%. Okay. I'll take the defender first, shall I? Go on, on then. I've got to take Trent, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Hang on, I'm going to have to look at this now. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Trent yeah. is currently... Yeah, 8.1. Yeah, so Trent. I'll take Trent. He's, he's going to be in my wild card. I'm pretty sure of it. So put my money where my mouth is. He'll be in my wild card team. So I'll, I'll pick him. Okay. Martin, do you want attacker or midfielder? Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Are we going to, or do we do defenders oh, first? Oh, yeah, do, do defenders first. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Sorry, that's just stupid. Uh, all right, I'll have uh, I'll have uh, Sue Fowl. Good choice, Martin. He was my backup in case someone else picked Trent. <laughs> he was my second choice. Oh, that's spicy. Okay, that's ownership. Like he's, he's possibly going to be. He's the other one I'm considering in that sort of four point five defender slot on my wild card. Two point two percent owned. West Ham have got not bad fixtures, right? Yep. It's over to me, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Okay, I will go. I'm going to go Lucas Digne. Yeah, he looks, he looks like he's going to stay in the team for a bit. I don't know what's happening with Alex Moreno. He keeps sort of getting back training and getting injured again and not yeah. sure when he's going to come back. So you might get six games out of him. Uh, I'm hoping I do, but uh, good fixtures. So I think they'll be right. Uh, yeah, so Martin, do you want a midfielder or striker? All right, then. Should I go? Um... I think we've I, th- I think we've covered it. I'll t- I'll take the obvious. I've, well, I think I think it's the obvious one. We've touched on him a few times, but it's got to be Martinelli, isn't it? Yeah, that would have been my first pick. Okay. So you've got Martinelli. 
4.2%. Good, isn't it? Very, very good. <laughs> uh, do you want me to go? Yep. Yeah, go on. You go. Okay, I am going to go for Dominic Sobersly. Sobersly, okay. 5.6% owned. Yep. Um, in terms of this game, I'll go Jota for this game, 1.3%. Because I'm interested if he plays more with Simakas in the team. Um, for my wildcard team for low ownership, I'm going to probably put Cole Palmer in. I know he went off injured, I think, for England under 21. So I'm not sure the extent of what he's done. But I think he's quite a nice facilitator for, for a wild card. Um, at, like under 1% owned, I think, still. But I don't think for this game where we, we're actually going to get a tally on our points, I don't think he's going to get loads of points in the six weeks. So I'll pick I'll pick Jota for this. Okay. Okay. I, I get first put, picked for the strikers, which is yep. fucking awful, to be fair. Um, uh, I'm going to go for Hoyland United. Yeah, okay. What's his ownership? I can't see him there. Oh, 6.4. Uh, 6.4% at Hoyland. So you get second pick here, Craig, I think. Um, I'll go Jesus then. I think he's 3.5, I think. He is 3.5. Yeah. And I'll uh, I'll go Evan Ferguson. Hope he gets enough minutes. 6.9. 6, 6.9%. That was Corley Woodrow, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Evan Ferguson. Oh, okay. Um, That's cool. Cool. So, Trent Jota and Jesus for me. Martin's got Soufal, Martinelli and Ferguson. And Darren's got Dinier, Sly and Hoyland. Not bad. Decent picks. No, I don't think... We're actually done all right there. I don't think there's any awful picks between us. No. We all expecting some, Brighton, someone though. wacky. But we we're all Brighton. <laughs> Martin's got Ferguson. Oh, good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think it's because their midfielders are two over 10%, isn't it? Um, cool. Right. Uh, let's do the FPL Spartans one because it looks like FPL related first. Then we'll go back to Richie's non one. Uh, so FPL Spartan says, I realise that this is a game week nine preview, but could you discuss a game week 10 wildcard squad? I plan to activate the button after deadline on Friday. I mean, we have done that all through the pod <laughs> because Craig's thinking of doing exactly that. So I don't know if we want to go over anything else with the wildcard, but I think we've mentioned quite who we would put on wildcard. Yeah, I think you just got to make the, the case of how many differentials you want, how safe do you want to be, do you want, how desperate are you to have Salah and Haaland? I think that's probably the main, that limits you in some ways going both of those, but it could be justified if you think they're going to get enough points. If you don't go Salah, it allows you, or how else do you get to three Liverpool? Because I think you probably do want three Liverpool for those fixtures. So it'll be clearing your head what you want with Arsenal, I think is a big one because you want three of them as well. Conceivably, you could go in with all 11, really, from Arsenal, Liverpool, Brighton, Aston Villa, West Ham. I think that's more than plausible on a wild card that you're 11 for most weeks is those five teams. Um, but I think getting the balance of Arsenal, Liverpool, right, and certainly getting three Liverpool if you have Salah, I think is harder. Um, I think without Salah, you can go for Trent, Jota, and that's well, why Simicast puts himself in the discussion as well now. Um, but they're the main factors. And then, yeah, what do you do with the likes of the Tottenham boys with... with um, how you got to approach Man United, um, things like that. I think there's it's actually not as easy as a wild card as you might think. I think there's a lot of different ways you can go with this, which probably makes it quite exciting. Do you have three strikers? Do you have stick to the three-five-two template? Yeah, it does. Yeah, a lot, lot of different ways to go. Didn't realize there were so many people on going to be on a, on a ten wild card. In all fairness, but yeah, that sounds quite good. Um, cool. Okay, so FPL Richie's last question was. Uh, he hasn't asked a distracting on FPL question to, for a while. So he's got. So he has asked to choose three members of the FPL community to take to a general knowledge pub quiz. 
Uh, it's a team of four. You are the captains and you can't have the same players. So you need to pick three people from the community to be on your team. That's hard work, isn't it? <laughs> Do I like three people from the community? <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> I don't know if I spend enough time on Twitter for this, but uh, I, I have in the last uh, I have in the last week because it's been <laughs> rather fun, um, if I'm honest. But uh, at least that, none of us made the list, which is probably none of us made the list, Craig. <laughs> none of us made the list. <laughs> like if we, even if we had made the list, we would have never got near the final anyway because there were some annoying bastards in it. Move on. Are oh, going first on this? Uh, I mean, it's a difficult one, isn't it, without prep work? Um, I've got three names. I can go. Go on, go on man. You go first, and then I'll go. You can think. Um, I'll take the two names on the screen, actually. Richie, I think, is... You, sod. Knows a lot about different things than I know about. I've got my strengths and weaknesses in quizzes, and I feel like his strengths may be in areas where I've got weakness. So I think for, for pub quiz, I think he'll be a good partner. Yep. Um, Spartans, I think, as well, is well-travelled. I, I speak to him away from, obviously, his comments on the pod, and I think he has a, a very broad knowledge of things that maybe I don't have. Um, and he won't mind me saying this, I hope. I think knowledge of maybe slightly older things that I won't know. So I think that's quite a good thing for a quiz. And the third one I would pick is Gabe from Net That Hall, who is obviously South American. Um, I think he's he, another one who's quite well-travelled. Geography is, is not a good subject for me in quizzes. So I think he's well-travelled, coming from sort of South America, America sort of background, we'll, we'll know all of that sort of side of the world. Yeah. Um, and in general, I think seems quite well-read, shall we use that phrase? So um, I'll, go, I'll go for for Richie, Gabe and, and Spartans. It's a really good yeah. choice. Can't put it the same. I'd love to have Richie. But I'd, I'd have to think about a third one. I think I'd go, I'd go for FF Scout Joe or FF Joe uh, on Twitter. So we're in a we're in a Glastonbury group chat, Glastonbury Festival group chat. Um, and Joe is involved in the emerging talent competition that they do. Um, nice. And just and just generally knows, I think, just a fuck ton about music. So any music round, I think you need Joe in your corner. So I'll go for Joe. Um, I was gonna, I was gonna go similar route to you, Craig. I was gonna say, um, I was gonna say FPL Frazier, our, our son of a gun teammate, because I think he's over in the states, isn't he? So anything about US geography or presidents and things like that, that would be useful, wouldn't it? Um, so I'd go for him. And then oh, I'm struggling a bit for a third one. <laughs> uh, I'm struggling a bit. I'm going to go Surge. I'll go Surge from Planet FBL. I think he knows, I think he knows kind of a little bit about a lot. I'm sure he knows a lot about um, a little bit as well, but he seems to be someone that knows some sort of like something about everything. So yeah, I'll, I'll go for Surge, I think. That's not bad at all, actually. Um, okay, so I'll go uh, a, a pod favourite, uh, a wavy wavy. Um, he's definitely got uh, an age thing on his side. He wouldn't mind me saying that. He says it himself. <laughs> um, so I definitely think he could have uh, good, good world knowledge of things. Um, I'll go for FPL Greyhead. Uh, again, similar sort of reason. He comes across as a very intelligent person um, from what I have seen. Uh, and again... Uh, a man who has lived, so that's always helpful. And actually, I'll, 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 and to get a bit of youth on my he's side, great Darren. That doesn't mean he's old. No, I mean he, but he is. That's fine. Um, and uh, do you know what? I would go for Irons FPL Irons because he knows a lot about different sports. Um, 
I'm hands up more than more than me. He's got a very good knowledge of many things. So for me, he would be quite good for for a sport round potentially. Uh, yeah, I think that would be my team. A bit of youth in there and a bit of a, a bit of old uh, age as well. So that's me coming. Nine head to head in a sport round, is it, Darren? Yep. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it would be. <laughs> I think it would be very very close. Um, I can't. Yeah, I mean to be fair, we didn't choose each other. Um, that, if that was a rule. Didn't know if that was a rule, but actually, I mean, in all fairness, if I look at the screen, Martin's very great with music, uh, and and Craig's very good with sports. So I mean, it's not bad, right there, is it? Um, and all quiz rounds. So there we go. Maybe we'll just be the team, us three. Uh, yeah. I just, I just won the uh, uh, the the yearly summer quiz we do at work. Actually, me and my team just won. It was five of us. Um, it was brilliant. <laughs> to be fair it's not unheard of for, for for me and my partner L we go sometimes do the local pub quiz it's not unheard of for us to win it just the two of us nice um, against uh, you know obviously teams are like five and six and stuff so I don't know yeah. if, I don't know if that says more about us or the level standard of the quiz but um, <laughs> yeah, I do like a pub quiz uh, yeah we used to do one at the tobacco factory yeah by the along by the Ashton Gate um, good fun that um, cool I think that's us done which uh, it's a bit of a longer one today, but uh, we also started late as well. So why not give you guys a little bit longer? <laughs> um, thank you very much. Like, follow, subscribe and all that lovely stuff. Uh, appreciate all the follows and everything of recent. Uh, we'll be back again this week. I've got the man on a free hit. Me and Martin will be doing gaffer tomorrow, I think. Um, yeah. And I don't know if we've got any other plans, but uh, we'll have a couple of times Try and get a Skypod in. I think we've got some more fixtures out now, haven't we? So have, try and yep. get one of those in. Try and yeah, stick one of those out. Uh, anything tactical from you, Craig, this week? Or I think yeah. who knows? <laughs> Surprise. He doesn't like non-committal. Fair enough. Um, cool. All right, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Cheers all. See you later.